It's J.D. Pincus from Asheville, North Carolina. You're listening to the Mm-Mm Brutally Delicious Podcast. How are you, my friend? I'm all right, man. Where are you located at? I'm in Richmond, Virginia. Not too far from you, right? You're in the Carolinas. Oh, okay. I hope you weren't at that graduation the other night. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story. I actually... In my real-world job, I am a police dispatcher, and I actually work for VCU where that happened. Oh, my God. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, luckily. That must have been a no, So I'm going to tell you, luckily, I didn't have – I was off that night. I had gotten off already at 4 o'clock, and it happened around 5-something. So I missed it, but I know a lot of people that are – My condolences, man. I didn't mean to make light of it by any Oh, means. no, not at all. No, it's, it's right in my backyard, and I actually work there, so it's pretty fucked up. Damn, man. I love Richmond. It's a shame to see that shit happen up there. It's weird, and I know this has nothing to do with what we're here for, but it's weird. You only see it happen on the news, and it, you know it's always somewhere else. And it yeah. still sucks, and you still feel it, but you don't feel it as much as, holy shit, it's in my yard. Yeah, I think it hits me more when I see the uh, surviving family members of these anonymous people that got killed. Yeah. And, you know, realize what it would be like if something happened like that to my kid or something, you know. Right. You know that's, uh, I don't think people understand that a lot of times. It's just separate themselves from the issues and don't, don't see the humanity in it, you know. You are 100% right. But anyway, thank you for joining me. Usually I have a partner with me, but he had uh, some difficulty today with his internet or something. But we had Paul Leary on a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, and we had a blast. We're both Butthole Surfer fans, so it's really nice to to see you. I know this is not metal, but this is kind of like a guilty pleasure. I love this. Yeah, I, I, saw, I checked out some of your metal stuff on there. I was like, well, I don't know, maybe he's got the wrong J.D. Pincus or something. No, no, no. We're just fans, <laughs> and you know what? I think even though it's a metal show and, you know, we're metal heads, I kind of like good music and stuff outside of the box, which I think your stuff fits, right? It's definitely outside the box. Definitely outside the box. Well, I mean, my band Honky did play with, uh, you know, we toured with Down and stuff. I guess that's that's kind of what metal is nowadays. But we're not, we weren't really a metal band per se, but we had, our guitar player was a metal player. So, you know, it kind of squeezed us in that little that niche. And at the end of the day, right, good music is good music, whether it's metal, hip-hop, whatever you're listening to, psychedelic, banjo, whatever you got going on, right? Well, I, you know, I, I'm sorry for my friends who are so wrapped up into one part of their musical life that they don't know other ways to, uh, to you know, show uh, other sides of their creativity, you know? Uh, you know, it's, it's still, like, uh, I'll use this band as an as a, as a, uh, example, although... They're doing something which I'll use as the other example. Uh, you know, like for bands that go around and playing songs that they wrote when they were 18 years old, right. you know, when they're 60 years old. Uh, you know, and I, I get that as a nostalgia thing, but you know, at least I like to see you know, like Keith Morris is doing off as well. He's doing new shit as well because you know you don't necessarily feel the same way you do when you're 18 years old when you're singing them lyrics. Oh yeah, before so, cell phones were even out. Yeah, you, so you brought <laughs> up a really good point we talk about quite often. I mean, I'm a big 80s metalhead, right? That's kind of where I grew up and that's my heart and but you got yeah. bands like Kip Winger like Winger singing she's only 17 and now he's 65 singing that and it's really strange to creepy. Think about, right? Yeah. That's just flat out creepy, dude. Unless you're in Alabama, then you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So let's talk about uh about your stuff. How did this come about? Because this is definitely 
we're talking about out of the box and creative. This is, I guess, psychedelic banjo is the best way I can put it. How did this come about? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think uh, I'm going to call it spacecraft for a while until until somebody else like plays it better than me and names it something <laughs> else. Right. But you know, I, I think uh, part of the inspiration is can't really be as good as anyone else doing the kind of music that they do already. So I might as well come up with something that no one's done yet. And, uh, and until someone shows me up on it, which I think my neighbor down the street who I just recorded with has already done. <laughs> so I might have to pick up the tuba or something. I don't know, man. Nice. But so where did it, I mean, I know you've been a banjo player forever. Obviously you've been playing for years cause this is pretty, you know, talented and, intense stuff so how did this whole idea for a fungal mountain breakdown come about uh well the fungal mountain breakdown that uh that yeah after my two solo records danny barnes from the bad livers was uh like i've been playing banjo and writing songs and messing around i'm not really a player i'm still trying to play the damn thing i'm a i'm a banjo wrestler mike watt called me a bass wrestler a long time ago i think that fits i'm a banjo wrestler uh so i'll be wrestling it till the day i die because i love it but uh, he he heard some of my songs and he was like, yeah, it'd be cool to do a little cassette tape with your songs on it, and I'll draw a, a label on it and you know like the old mixtapes and he yeah, made like two hundred of them, right? Yeah, yeah. So he made because he he actually had gotten fifty thousand bucks from Steve Martin for Banjo Excellence, mm. and he wanted to uh, use that back towards promoting you know strange banjo music or or different styles of banjo music because he does his stuff banjo electronica that was a uh and barnhouse uh <laughs> barnyard electronica that was a uh influence on what i did in it live and everything and that guy's got it going on uh with experimenting with the banjo as well and he liked my songs and asked me to do that tape and then after we did it i started uh liking liking how it sounded and he mixed that one and how it came together it was recorded live and that was my first one and uh so i asked if i could put it out you know on vinyl and cd and he said sure i shouldn't have changed the order i did change the order of the songs wish i wouldn't have done that and then that kind of established me as being able to do it and then i did the next record uh that was when the pandemic hit so i was one of the few people that in my world that was doing slow uh solo shit before the pandemic hit. everybody wanted to do solo shit after the pandemic hit. so second album i did uh with the shimmy disc the fungus shui and moved out here and met up with my neighbor down the hill during the pandemic i kind of cold called uh mike savino otherwise known as tall tall trees a partner in crime on the song you're talking about and uh uh, someone had told me about that. I didn't know. I didn't know this guy, and he didn't know uh, Mike, I guess. And so I, I contacted him. I said, "I'm uh, moving from Texas to Asheville." I said, "There's only room for one of us," because he told me there was another psychedelic banjo player in town. <laughs> and this guy, Mike, was probably like, "What? Who the fuck is this old man?" And uh, uh, so we ended up becoming friends and jamming up here on this deck that I'm on right now during the pandemic when everyone was afraid to get inside a house together. Right. And that's how we got to know each other and, and listen to each other's songs and talked about doing an album together. And uh, Kramer, he's on Joyful Noise and I was on Shimmy Disc and Kramer just moved to Asheville. And before well, he moved here after our session uh, because it's so nice. But don't tell anyone. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. Uh, so he moved out, uh, so, so he recorded us over at Mike's studio, Galley Tapes, and uh, we didn't know, me and Mike had a bunch of songs that, you know, a lot of them are going to be on my next solo record, that he we didn't know exactly what he wanted, but he wanted to incorporate a lot of drone and ambient 
into the music we were doing. And uh, and so the would ask me, he'd get mad. People would be like, how's the record going? I said, I have no idea. And, <laughs> nice. and now I do. Now, now I think it went great. And I'm really, really happy. But Kramer had a big influence in uh, the direction of that record. And uh, me and Mike had some songs that we threw in to go with the instrumental songs that we had on there. And, uh, you know, he, he first thing he had us do was record uh, 15 minutes at a time of uh, just some ambient stuff. And so we we got doing that live together. And he edited two and a half minutes of the best parts of those down. And those are in between the songs that we did. And so it's kind of a different format. Uh, it's really like to me, it's a it's it's uh goes back to album rock to where you can listen to the whole record. It's not meant to be chopped up so much. I mean, the first single we put out was Fungal Mountain Breakdown, which was a six minute long uh three part uh instrumental. And uh and so you know, we have songs with vocals. In fact, we just finished the video yesterday for the next one, which is uh one that Mike created, uh started out with anyways, uh uh, called Afterlife, and that should be coming out any day now. Okay. Uh, uh, so that's got vocals in it, and the next one will have vocals in it. But yeah, it's a it's a strange audience to try and uh, to try and reach because it's not like there's any anybody already out there listening to exactly what we're doing. So yeah, you're 100 right. So here's my next question, and don't take this the wrong way, right? So first of all, what kind of expectations were you were you looking for? And second of all, you're 100 right on the second part because I watched it and enjoyed it, but also thought in the back of my head, what the fuck did I just watch? Does that make sense? You just froze. <laughs> oh. You froze like this, saying the fuck. Oh, that was a deep you conversation. There? Yeah, hey. hang on, I lost you. Let's see if we get you back. Hold on. Don't hang up. Hey. Hello. Hey, JD, you there? You froze. Hey, there you are. You, you froze during what the fuck? Oh, so did you, did you hear any of that? I heard the what the fuck, and then it, right. and then it, it stopped. I'll go back and edit it. So I said, Yeah, you just do this when you edit it. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. So I... (laughs) My first part is what kind of expectations you have, right? Because this is not really music for the masses. Second of all, right. I listened to it and I enjoyed it. That's why you, I asked to talk to you. But I also thought in the back of my head, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> yeah. So as far as the video went, uh, we were, uh, we were uh, there were some old timers that we were watching some of the old footage of because we when we were talking about video stuff and so we, we basically took some of the uh the old uh national film uh preservation society uh footage and watched some of that stuff of some of our favorite players and kind of imitated the uh 
the porch jam field of a field uh, field recorder coming through and recording uh you know some of the locals uh that don't play out of is there anything that was the only way that could get you know do these so right. and that's like 1974 look and then uh, uh with all the different breaks in the song i wanted them to all kind of like represent going to different places you know each each break when it comes in it was to take you somewhere else yeah. so we incorporated uh incorporated that and you know just uh, modulating uh the, the 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 parts in there uh to different chords on each break and it just took us to different places. And I was lucky enough to, uh, uh, I, exp- you know, uh, I know people are down AI, but some of my ideas and I, I uh, messed around with an AI program for some background stuff and then superimposed stuff on top of the video. Uh, Cause I was the one that edited that last one and did the effects on it. Mike did this next one is pretty much him uh, doing it. I went over there. I wouldn't, I was like, I wouldn't change a thing, <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, you know, it's hard to keep people's attention for six minutes. Uh, I like the fact that most folks that I talk to watch it. You know, we're surprised that they could actually watch a six minute long video. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, my wife with the chicken at the end kind of that's the money shot right there. You know? <laughs> yeah, the whole thing I was like, holy moly, this is like some bad mushroom trip. <laughs> Yeah, that's what my friend told me. I said I was so happy to hear that because I was kind of forced into doing Final Cut Pro, which someone gave me. I never really used it except for make my movies, uh, you know, edit my movies together for live. But uh, uh, this guy came over with some real cameras and set them up on stands with two different lenses and helped us out with that. But I usually just did shit on my phone and used an app on my phone. They were pretty good nowadays. Uh, so I had to, you know, wrestle, wrestle Final Cut Pro and AI at the same time right. to do it. It was a, it was a quite a learning lesson, man. But it was a lot of fun, and yeah, we, I think uh, there is a market for it. I don't know what the market is, uh, but uh, but you know, uh, you know, yeah, I just think it's like, you know, you just got to be in that mood, or maybe when, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, it's a tough one, man. I, I just it was something we had to get out of us, and it all sounded right when we got done with it. And it sounds right when you listen to it, but I think you have to be maybe it's like that cult following, right? Like the people who watch those, the Kentucky Fried movie or Eraserhead or like Rocky <laughs> Horror, that sort of thing, right? That's what I'm thinking when I'm watching it. Yeah, well, people used to, you know, think that you know, people and uh, you know, there's this punk rock museum that's out in Las Vegas now, and. Uh, I see all these people that are talking that you're like, get, you know, they're all these, there's, they're younger than me. And I feel like I'm punk rock. I'm 55, almost 56. And, uh, butthole surfers were not necessarily a punk band. I would never consider us a punk band. I don't think the, the guys would, but uh, I guess everything is kind of grouped into this one genre. Right. To me, we're the kind of music that would piss off punk rockers, you know, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, nothing they were expecting and no, not what they were used to. So I guess, kind of par for course i've never been one to try and uh be involved in stuff that's that's extremely mainstream right. maybe my band honky was about the the closest because right after butthole surfers and i wanted to have a three-piece boogie band me and my friends that started the band uh we wanted to just have one that chicks would come out and shake their butts to and not using a bunch of effects and you know just the the you know the way we my ex-father-in-law rest in peace used to call rock and roll bass lines were, that he hated were dumb eights dumb 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 right. dumb 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 so i didn't have that as syncopated drums and and bass and the guitar on top you know with some tasties and um that was about as 
same as I got, except for now. I think the name Honky is more offensive than Butthole Surfers. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> You'd be Even canceled though, in a minute. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever. I'm sure I should have been canceled a lot of times. But yeah, <laughs> so that's what it's just like, hey, we're, we're three stupid white guys playing music, you know. But uh, but yeah, if the people get offense to it. So be it, man. You yeah. know? How do you think this translates live, or is that not even a thing? Well, we're uh, we're planning on doing a release at the end of this month, and there will be a taste of what we're going to do live. Uh, I think we'll probably just do a little teaser of it, and then hopefully in fall we're going to take it on the road uh, uh, later in September, maybe October, and. I, uh, we haven't really decided how we're going to do it, but I, I see it as our two sets overlapping because I, I definitely can't play. Mike is too good of a player for me, man. You know, he's, he could play on anything I do, I'm sure, but I, yeah, I can't play on his stuff. So it would probably be me playing my set and then him you know, maybe go do a little uh, ambient jam stuff into some of our songs, some ambient jam. And then maybe go into his set. I leave and go sell some t-shirts or something. Oh, so like a little bit of back and forth. Yeah, I think I think maybe a crossover might be the way to do it to where we can, you know, where we would take through our strengths together. So when you said you were you were given a you went and recorded ambient stuff, are you talking about you just went out and recorded? Are you talking about musical instruments or did you just go out musical like musical no musical instruments like uh like uh, a drone i should say droning uh uh droning music ambient music because it's not all drone there's a lot of textures in, in the in the music so that's why i don't like to say drone because that's a little bit more there's not any aggressive aggressive parts in that i guess uh this is more like real life bubbling up at you it's like a, a storm rolling in from the south over there and watching the trees start wiggling, and then all of a sudden these ones over here start wiggling, and and then next thing you know, I'm smoking a joint. <laughs> I love how you got there. That's pretty. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that was a natural it's, progression. It's the journey. It's the journey. Nice. Are you um? Are you writing more stuff? Is this something that's an ongoing thing, or is this going to be like a one-off? No, we definitely want to do some more stuff together. My next record is actually uh, going to be on Shimmy Disc, and Mike's on it. The, he's He plays it because he's so good, and he's right down the street. But it's not going to be a solo-solo record. It's all my songs with other people on it. In fact, Paul's on uh, the only guitar on there, I think, is Paul. Oh, nice. And, yeah, and, there's only, and it's got horns, uh, harp. Uh, it's got banjo, it's got pedal steel, it's got uh, the my buddy Sam Coombs from uh, uh, John Spencer and uh, Quasi playing some, some, uh, some you know, kind of background crunchy synth stuff on some of the shit. Um, it's gonna be basically like two albums in one, and one would be some of the outtakes, which were too songy for the last record me and Mike did together because uh, we wrote a bunch going into it right. and so uh then that's going to be one side is going to be the more songy a little bit uh a little bit more mm, i don't know uh palatable for most people right and then the other side to the stuff that i wrote for the butthole surfers album that never came out and that's what i got paul on two of those songs or maybe three he might even be on three of them uh doing some of his more abstract kind of guitar playing and yeah. uh and uh so it's going to be called grow a pair and uh it's going to be a, a pair of albums on one one vinyl nice 
that's, yeah. good. that's good you still keep in contact with those guys oh yeah yeah definitely so i love i love paul me and paul talk a lot i love all the guys uh you know just uh, me and paul seem to just talk talk my most right and if i'm being honest paul seems at least creatively along the same lines of what i see you putting out so it's very yeah. similar right a little bit far off to the left maybe yeah yeah or to the right i don't know whichever way man yeah whatever way whatever floats your boat it all comes you know, around to the same place <laughs> it's the journey yeah <laughs> the journey, right the, the trees start moving and then you smoke a joint and that's it man <laughs> so what's next for you then are you just uh you're gonna release another single you said you got coming up and then some shows yeah we got two more singles coming out on this one the third one comes out Afterlifers should be out next week uh it's, it's actually ready now and the youtube is up on the private thing so we know that's good to go the next one's being worked on now by my friends down in south georgia uh i, well, I asked them to put some input into it uh sam balling and his wife courtney and uh, then they'll give it to me and i'll put some stuff on top of it and that should come out uh when when the album actually comes out i think I believe that's on the 28th or 29th okay uh of this month and uh after that i've got some solo shows spread around and uh in july i'm going to be going off on the road with uh josephus and the george jonestown massacre and my friend pw long from uh one of my favorite bands mule and i love his solo stuff and he's asked to join us on this so it'll be us three and i'll be doing my banjo set uh president of course will be doing his acoustic set and then uh josephus and those boys will be doing their uh electric set and then i'm going to come up at the end and play bass and sing with them as a backing band and do um a little bit of back catalog from uh well it's going to be about two songs from three different bands and a cover nice you got a lot going on so i've got i've got two more questions for you you got it one the first one is that a tattoo on the inside of your hand yeah how much did that hurt holy shit what can you read it like? can you read it uh we got a key i don't see the other one no you can't see it or you can't figure it out i can't figure it out oh Hon key oh Hon yes key. i got it now Honky. <laughs> it's an it's an old sailor tattoo believe it or not uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't hurt so bad, man. In fact, it was more like getting my wife is the one that did it on me. More like getting a uh, palm massage on that part. I, I don't know. I mean, I have tattoos, but I don't know if I could do that. That looks fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, they make a numbing cream now, she says. I guess. So, lastly, how do we get this? How do we get more people to uh, to find you? Because this is something I think you know. Even my metal audience needs to go listen to because it's really good stuff. And outside, well, of yeah. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it, and thanks for uh, thanks for you know inviting me on here to do this and to talk about it and to invite a new crowd to to listen to it. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, I know you can listen to it on Bandcamp. Uh, it will be up on YouTube. Uh, it'll be linked to through my site jdpankis.com, which I have tons of uh, stuff on, even you know Jack Officer CDs that I still have left from way back when. Uh, People are out in the shopping mood, you know, for Father's Day or whatever. Right. I even got crop tops. I can't say for women anymore. I just got crop tops. Now. Right, for whoever. It's summertime. Right. It's summertime. <laughs> but, yeah, as far as listening, uh, you can listen for free, I think, a couple of times on Bandcamp. 
uh, definitely stuff will be on Spotify. Stuff will be all over, and uh, the videos will be uh, released as, as many places as we can make them happen. Awesome. And hopefully, hopefully the uh, album will sell like hotcake. There you go. <laughs> yeah, <Hey, go> on, <laughs> one big one. One, one big, big hotcake. One. Great. <laughs> and I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, thanks for you taking the time, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. Good luck with everything. Thanks for your contribution to music. Be well. Hey, thank you, brother. Appreciate hey. it. Thanks for your time, brother. Cheers. All right, Bruce. All right, bye. Hey, man. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast.